0: Hey, I'm Ava Laura and I'm Jessica and this is Black Women Leave America podcast where we highlight holistic wellness travel, mental health, and self-care through traveling outside of America to reconnect and rediscover who you are. It's time for us to leave any condition that disrupts our peace black women leave america opens your eyes and explores new ways of living but more importantly new ways of being because sometimes you have to leave in order to find yourself Sometimes you have to leave in order to find yourself. This is Black Women Leave America podcast. And I'm really excited for our next guest, uh, exploring a region of the world that we have not explored yet. Uh so welcome, Miss Nicole to Black Women Leave America. How are you today? I am great, thank you. How about you, ladies? Wonderful, wonderful. I came across this job ad online for teaching English you know, East Asia, and South Korea in particular. I was like, well, I can do that, you know. I was at the point where I, I was willing to go anywhere. I just You was going to do anything. I was, <laughs> was going to do anything, you know. I'm ready for a different experience, and somehow happened upon Oman, a country. I, I didn't even know where it was before I before I even saw the job, at I just looked it up because I was looking up opportunities to work in the Middle East. So initially, wow. I was in like, or UAE, but I saw Oman when I was like, oh, it looks like a pretty cool place. So I did my research, and six years later, I'm still here. <laughs> so just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. My name is Nicole Brewer, and I am currently based in the Middle East, small little country called Oman which is near the Emirates, about a five-hour drive outside of Dubai. And I've actually been living here in this region for six years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and prior to actually uh, moving to Oman, I used to work in South Korea before that. Okay. I left America a decade ago, and here I am 10 (laughs) years ago, still gone. (laughs) Wasn't part of my plan, truth be told, when I first left. USA. Um, I used to work in market research, and I was laid off from of my job. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in the market trying to find a new job. Five, six months, you know, unemployment was getting ready to run out. I was like, okay, something, has, something has to give. Like I've never been, I had never been unemployed for that long, right? Mm-hmm. So I came across this job ad online for teaching English in, you know, East Asia and South Korea in particular. I was like, well, I can do that, you know. I was at the point where I, I was willing to go anywhere. I just You was going to do anything. <laughs> I was going to do anything, you know. But I actually had some girlfriends who had taught abroad in Japan before. And I visited okay. them. It was in the back of my mind, like, that could be a cool experience to have. But, um, yeah, so I cracked my bags, went to Korea, said I was going to go for a year. And I loved it. Then I renewed my contract. And I renewed it again. And <laughs> I was in Korea for three years. Well, wow. yeah, after being in Korea, I was kind of like, oh, I'm ready for a different experience and somehow happened upon Oman, a country I, I didn't even know where it was before I <laughs> before I even saw the job at. I just looked it up because I was looking up opportunities to work in the Middle East. So initially I was by or UAE, but I saw Oman and I was like, oh it looks like a pretty cool place. So, I did my research and 6 years later I'm still here. <laughs> wow yeah yeah i I mean i just i just love how you all tell these stories it's like you know yes i just packed my bags and i just left like what happened i understand you were kind of at the end of the rope okay you need you may need to make them coins but what in you said okay yeah i'm gonna just go to a foreign country i don't know nothing about this but i'm just leaving go that's a good question look looking back on it i mean it's pretty brave when i think about it now In retrospect, I was like, "What the hell were you thinking?" Like, woman decided to go to Korea of all places after a year, you know. But um, yeah, I think for me, I was fortunate because I, I like when I went to Japan to visit my girlfriends. I went to visit. I had three girlfriends that were teaching in Japan at the same time. Okay. So it was like, okay, this is, you know, that was an opportunity. So you had exposure. I had exposure, right. They all spoke Japanese. You know, Granted, I didn't speak any Korean before going to Korea. But in in that case, like having a base of girlfriends who had the experience before me, it helped a lot. Like I I actually talked to my girlfriend, Lisa, quite a bit about her experience in Japan. Because initially when I thought about going, I was looking at Japan, but then Korea just so happened to have been a better fit. And then she had friends who taught in Korea that she introduced me to, so I spoke with them. Mm -hmm. I used social media, found, I did a lot of research, because I used to work in market research, I'm I'm all about, can. let me do as much research as I can on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I found, I remember it was a group called Brothers and Sisters of South Korea, and that was a very helpful group. I did, you know, reached out to people in that community before I even decided to take the offer. Just right. to ask I was like, where did you get your hair done? What do you do this? You know, like right. all that I had, I needed to know. So, you know, social media is like, it's a blessing, you know, like I know how to find in a community of people who were already based in that place. Okay. So that,
1: that helped ease my fear <laughs> before I decided awesome. to yeah i'm and, so happy you said that social media <laughs> is a blessing so i work in digital it is it, it can be um yeah. however <laughs> i'm so happy that you were able to like connect with people and build those relationships that's awesome
0: so like what were some of the differences that you noticed living you know in south korea and now in oman and like why did you decide to stay it's, it's, it's a huge difference, truth be told, like, living in East Asia compared to living in the Middle East, technically still Asia, but living in the Middle East or whatever, like, for me, I guess I'm very, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an adaptable person. You definitely okay. have to be someone that's easy going and able to go with the flow to mm-hmm. live this world. I always tell people, not for the faint of heart. Like living abroad is not an easy task. You know, it's like I live in the Middle East and I have to cover, like right now I'm in my apartment, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, when I'm outside, I have to cover and, and yep. be respectful of the culture. And, you know, I, 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 I value that. Like I, I understand their culture. I did my research before coming and now being here, you know, I, you assimilate to the culture. You know, mm-hmm. so some people, they don't feel comfortable doing it. Then it's not the place for you. <laughs> you know, for me, I'm an easygoing person. So, you know, it was definitely much different being in Korea versus being in Oman, because the way I look at it, when I first went to Korea, I was in like my late 20s, like 28. Okay. And so I felt like Korea was a good stepping stone for someone moving abroad because it, you know, it's a different culture, but it's still very liberal. You know, I was able to. Party, like Korea, it's, it's, a, it's a party culture. It right? is a party, yeah. It's a party yeah. culture, right? So it's like being, being in Korea in my 20s, like that was a good time for me. Now I'm a little more established, late 30s, mm-hmm. you know. I came in my mid-30s. like It's a different experience now being in the Middle East at this point in my life. So I feel like it was easier for me to adapt to this type of environment now in my life. But it's definitely different, like cultural, like you hear the call a prayer five times a day here in the Middle East, yep. you know, you have to be ready for like a business may just close from like two to four, yep. or, like a policy. Ramadan. It's not, it's not exactly Ramadan, like, you know, prayer. Like You have to just be prepared, you know, and, and I'm definitely like more of a inshallah, like everything is pretty laid back here. And, and I felt like I've, I've become more like Omani's in that sense. I'm just like, I'm so Omani now. It was like, yeah, inshallah. What will be, will be. <laughs> I'm like, saying now, and I was like, man, I was not that way before coming to the Middle East. Like I was, Definitely, like so, it kind of grows on you. But like I said, that's not for everybody. But for me, it has grown on me, so I appreciate that part. I love that, and and that kind (laughs) of leads me to. I was just gonna ask you this: like, what have you learned about yourself? I have learned that I have way more patience than I (laughs) realized compared to like when I lived in the states. You know, everything is go go go, and you know, I was I was I I still have some impatient. Don't get me wrong, I still have some impatient parts, but I am more patient now. In my personality of being in the Middle East and, and living here in particular in online, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm just stronger than I realized I was like being it like I get people who message me all the time, just like, oh, you're so brave. Like, I don't know if I could leave my family and only see them once a year. And I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. Like, you know, I never really felt like I was brave, but looking mm. back, like, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy feat to do. So I, I do feel like I've, I've kind of grown into the woman that I am, you know, mm-hmm. being brave and confident to just go for opportunities. So almost kind of like a rites of passage. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. I'm like, I only see my family once a year anyway, so that's no difference. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so glad you said that. That's a valid point. I mean, that's the same way I feel because before I left, I was working in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Not from Detroit, but I was working okay. in Chicago. And my family from Detroit, they had all, like my mom and my sisters, they're in Atlanta. So exactly. they were in Atlanta. I was in Chicago. I was lucky to see them for Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. once a year, two weeks of vacation working yeah. in the States. So I'm lucky if I get to see them over Christmas break. Now I'm a teacher abroad and I get two months of break, So I, get, I see my mom more now because <laughs> when I come to the States, like I'm home for like a month, month and a half. Okay. i travel for a couple of weeks because... You know, I'm a travel blogger, too, so <laughs> I love to travel. And um, that's one of the advantages of being abroad as well, like the opportunities to travel in the world that I've been able to do. So, yeah, I <laughs> will hear more about that. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Are you always on the go and in need of a serious break from your life? If so, it's time to go rogue. Rogue Experiences organizes intimate trips for women of color that focus on allowing you to unwind and have fun with like-minded women in places like Bali, Greece, and Turks and Caicos. Are you ready to cash in on some well-deserved downtime to be pampered? Go to RogueExperiences.com and enter Black Girls Leave promo code to save $150 on your first trip. Welcome back to Black Women Leave America. We're here talking to Nicole and uh, we just left talking about all the extensive travel and the two month vacation that you get. So, you know, I saw, I want to hear more about that. I want to hear more about in terms of how you travel around now that you have all this time off and what is it like when you come back home to America now that you lived abroad for so long? I am pretty fortunate in the fact that like now living in the Middle East, I, I get two months of vacation in the summer. So what I typically do is, like, like this past summer when I went home, I stopped in Morocco. I was in Morocco for my birthday for like a week. And nice. then from Morocco, I flew back to the States to see my family. And I spent okay. like seven, eight, or six to seven weeks back in the States. And so I usually try to break up my, my trips depending on, you know, my, just, just my desire of travel. Sometimes I'll travel for a couple, couple weeks or I'll travel for a month. I'll go back home for a month. But, you know, being in Oman, we get a lot of holidays, too. Like, we'll get a four-day mm. weekend here or a five-day weekend there. So when I get those holidays, I'll travel around the region, go to Bahrain or different places. So, you know, it's a combination with my summer breaks and mm-hmm. the other time that I have when it comes to my travel. Yeah, like, so what are some of the differences that you've noticed? Because now you've been... Living abroad for, like you said, about ten years. So, yeah. like, what do you notice? What do you experience when you come back to staying in America mm-hmm. with your family? When I come home, it's so funny because we we kind of call it, you know, re- reverse culture shock. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. after being gone for so long, when I come back to the states, it's like, ooh, wait a minute, I've gotten used to being able to like leave my, my, my door unlocked, or you know, like different things. Like, you don't have to deal. Like, crime is like. Non existent, you know, with, and I was fortunate to live in Korea and Oman, both very safe countries. So it was like reverse culture shot when I come back home and just like, oh, you know, I have to just put my like big city girl, like, okay, put my face back on, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just certain things that you have to think about that I kind of let my guard down more so when I'm abroad. Than when I'm back home.
1: I think for a lot of us, we think that if we go outside of the country, it's going to be unsafe for us to be yeah. outside of the country. But from what I'm hearing from you, it's actually safer and you get to actually decompress a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, obviously that's not the case everywhere, but I've been fortunate enough to choose like really safe locations. And again, it was back to my research and making sure that I was going to a good location. Like when I travel, I definitely, I realize you do have to just kind of, Mo you know, move it depending on where you are and what time. so Yeah, no, I, I like that because Jessica, you're right, the narrative is, even though we know there's differences depending on what country you're in, but the narrative is kind of, regardless of what country you go to, it is not really safe outside of America. And so it's so interesting to say, you like, oh, I can leave my doors unlocked here and I'm not even worried about it. I can be real laid back, you know, inshallah, whatever happens, happens, you know, God willing, whatever. And we're here, everything is, ooh, you know, it's got to happen. If it don't work out, what about this and what about that? You got to plan, plan, plan. And you just sound real laid back and chilling and just, you know, I'm just doing my thing. That is so true. Life is good. And that's the thing, and it's funny because it's like, I'm a little bit of I'm a little bit of both. I'm a planner. Like I'm I'm a type of person. Like when I, if I'm going traveling somewhere, I'm going to have like, I, I do have that in me. I'm, I'm American, right? I, it's like I'm going to be a planner, but I realize that I have let my guard down more since mm-hmm. living abroad. And everything is just so chill here. Like you can't help you can't can't help but to rub off on you. You have to be here for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm hearing is we're, we're worried and concerned about going outside of America being uh, not safe. But really, we're not safe in America.
0: <laughs> you said it. I mean, Crazy. it's bringing that up. I'm, I'm going to get on this topic. Because, you know, just, I, I know it's been all over the news. Like, I was in Muscat earlier today. I spent the night over there. And then came back to my city. And I turned the TV on and I'm seeing all the news headlines about, you know, Mr. Trump and all of the happenings in Iran, and it's just like, oh. You know, I was like, here we go. Like, the first thing I already knew, I was like, everybody's gonna start messaging me because I'm in the Middle East, and, you know, in the Middle East, it's, it's one country, right? It's just one big yeah, place. Yes, like, everybody's right. exactly. It's not, it's not a different country. Nope. Exactly. That's, what, that's what, what I'm getting. I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I'm still, <laughs> right, Yes, I live in the Middle East. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and there is. A, I literally wrote a Facebook post before our call. I was like, I'm a black girl from Detroit, I used to live on the south side of Chicago. Like, when have I not had a target on my back? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like,
1: people are
0: like, oh, you're good, be careful. I'm like, oh, mine is the Switzerland of the Middle East. Like, this is mm-hmm. one of the safest countries in the world. People don't realize that. I was like, mm-hmm. we're good, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, of course, I want to watch my back, I, but I'm off. When have I not watched my back?
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, that's the felt- thing. It's like that level of stress that you have in America. You're actually sh- You're you're taking that off when you get outside of America. But then you're still like, you know, you're able to watch yourself, but then also have that sense of peace inside. So it's like it's crazy. Like having these conversations our last couple of episodes have been like really eye opening to the fact of how much stress. America yeah. puts on us and how much we feel it, not only, you know, we feel it internally as well as external, like it, it, it's just really affecting our mind and our bodies. And it's making us sick, literally. Right. And then you go outside of America and you got, Hey, we chill. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's crazy.
0: It's so true. I agree with yeah. that. People, I'm a, like sitting here talking to you guys when I look a straight straight ahead like I did a vision board it's 2020 where I did my vision board for the year I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer of like law of attraction and putting you know positive energy out there and I'm just like mm-hmm. telling people I was like I don't want those don't put that negative energy on me I was like I'm good like please don't speak that into my existence you know that's what I have to tell people like I'm not accepting that <laughs> I mean what's interesting like when you were talking I thought of two things one when you talk, well, well, Jessica said it. We're really not safe here. But I thought about, I remember when I was, um, I think I was in India. And I remember seeing there are literally thousands of people everywhere. And I remember looking at the sea of people and realizing that there were absolutely no cops. None. And and I remember thinking that, like, if I was in America and I'm just driving, there's going to be a cop here, 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 half, not even half, I mean, we're talking about maybe a third of the amount of people. India is ridiculous. There's literally a sea of people and there are no cops, No, nothing is happening, nothing is wrong. Everybody's just going about their business. And so it it made me kind of think back to that, how there's just no worries, no problems. But here, you got half the amount of people and you got more cops and you got all these issues and all this crime and all this drama. And, and it's not something that I think we even realize because we're just used to it. Like, it's just a part of our every day.
1: We're yeah, just we're living it. used mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm.
0: We don't yes. even know that there's another way.
1: Yeah. So we're realizing the uncomfortability in the comfortability. It's, it's yeah. totally eye-opening. But I do want to ask you a question around your work since you do work in yeah. this environment. And in America, the work environments we all know <laughs> are very uh, stressful and, you know, you have different situations and things that come up. So what are some of the things that you uh, deal with or do you deal with anything in your work environment at your workplace?
0: I wouldn't say there's like no stress or, you know, you deal with the everyday, I mean, I'm a teacher, so, you know, I'm, I'm working at a college, college okay. student. I'm grateful for that. Like, my students are between 18, 21, 22. And it's definitely a different experience, like, teaching here compared to, like, my sister, who's a teacher in the States. Like, I know we are having two totally different experiences, me being here in the Middle East, to, so, like, having these, like, nonchalant, like, laid-back kids who are just like, oh, yeah, hopefully I'm a bad teacher. But, you know, like, they're, they're, so, they're so chill. So it's just like, you know, you have behavioral issues every blue moon. You know, it's very rare. Like, mm-hmm. for the most part, they're here to do a job. Some of them mm-hmm. do it well, some of them don't. Some of them, you know, work hard, some don't. But I don't, I don't have back talk, I don't get attitude. Like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm the cool teacher, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, we, we, got, we got a good rapport. And even with my colleagues, like, I don't feel like there's anything that I've had to to deal with, with regarding stress in that capacity. Like, it, it's less, we don't have parent-teacher uh, hours or things like that like the, the things that you have to deal with being a teacher in the states compared to being abroad is totally different at least at least here in Omaha I, I would say that mm. a more laid back in that, in that capacity but yeah I I, <laughs> I, I I hate to come off like everything it's just like so she's like I'm good I'm good it's true though you know when somebody trying to think of a problem but they can't she's like I can't even think of nothing <laughs> I was up here just like, wow that this is kind of crazy right now like I'm thinking, about, like, oh, yeah. I, I really am good <laughs> you know so yeah like, and it's
1: crazy that she's just now coming to that realization because she's lived in it for so long it's like
0: right
1: yeah exactly. you know like, this is different <laughs> it's,
0: it's just right it's just it's yeah well I, okay so what I want to know is what, how do you get a teaching job abroad, and do you recommend other people do it? Like, how much you pay? Like, I want to know all that stuff. Yes, I absolutely recommend it. Um, It's so funny because I've been getting inbox messages. Like, you know, obviously, I'm a travel blogger as well, so I write about my. Okay. And, and so people reach out. I've been getting people reaching out to me like crazy. Just in the past couple of weeks, I had, like, two or three people reach out to me about job opportunities on my enlightenment people i never met I was just like whoa what's happening <laughs> like right now it's like a hot spot like people are interested mm-hmm. in this country and so I'm like yeah come like everyone come. <laughs> like I'm all about that life like actually I am um, speaking of how they can get into this I it's been two, two years now I wrote a book an ebook. book it's called a guide to Landing an English teaching job abroad you know, because I was getting so many questions about how did you get into teaching abroad, and you know mm-hmm. where should I go? And so I, I was like, let me answer these questions in a book. <laughs> let me go ahead mm-hmm. and just write the knowledge. And you know, I I interviewed other teachers abroad in different countries. Okay. And a question about pay scales, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I I, I compile all of that into my book. So I talk about like there's something called like a TEFL teaching English as a foreign language. And, I yep. their and talked about the different TEFL programs and I interviewed people about their experiences. So, yeah, I, I basically, I wrote the book on it, you know? So, because, yeah, I, I would get so many questions about it. But I, I highly recommend it. Like I said, I, one of the, the tips, one of the advice I do give people is about, like, South Korea. I feel like it was a good starting point for me, like, East Asia. It's mm-hmm. just easier starting out to get an opportunity when well, China's, like, huge. So there's a ton of opportunities in China. There's Gosh, opportunities yeah. in North Korea. It's like the average person is not going to get a, their first teaching a job abroad in the Middle East unless you have a lot God. of experience teaching, you know, um, back in the States to have a PhD or a master's in education or what have you. So, so it just depends on qualifications and experience, just like any other job. But for people starting out, I mean, yeah, check out check out the book, <laughs> A Guide to Learning an English Teaching Job Abroad. No, I, I appreciate it because I already knew. People gonna be watching. this like, wait, hold on. How I get... How does that happen? So, thank you, thank you for sharing that. And and that makes sense. Um, I could definitely see yeah. that. And these, you need to turn them DMs countries.
1: into. Uh, I mean,
0: yeah. Listen, I mean, I'm like, because I'm like two months vacation, and she not stressed out at her job teaching these these bad baby kids. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and that's the funny part, actually. Current, like recently, my agency they were doing a lot of hiring, like some of the the teachers who were at my college last year had to leave because like they changed one of the qualifications where you have to be a native English speaker so you have to be from the states or Canada or you know New Zealand, South Africa. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of teachers at my college who were not native speakers who still uh-huh. had the qualification, so it was kind of it was it was a weird like this semester I will I, I take that back about no stress no this semester was a little bit stressful because a lot of us had extra teaching hours but truth be told it still wasn't like I, I survived.
1: Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, was it wasn't like, strenuous, like, it
0: wasn't
1: strenuous yeah, stress. And, you know, there's a reason why those baby kids, you know, are baby kids. It's because of those levels of stress in America and those things that are happening they're internalizing to the, point, to the point of policing. Yeah, they're internalizing. You know, when you move it. to those areas where they're, they aren't policing as much as they police us here, because we got the level of policing that are, they're trained policemen, but then we also have that other layer of policing who ain't policemen at all, but think they're supposed to be policing. Mm. So we have all of those different layers that we're fighting through and those kids are going through the same thing. So yeah, you're, you're in a different area. You don't have to deal with a lot of that. So it, it, this Man, I'm telling you this Jessica, bad. like, this I'm about to opener. leave. Jessica, like I, know. I see it on her face, She like, Where can I go? Where can I go? I'm like, oh, <laughs> look, because I have babies, you know, I have. So, you know, and my thing for them. My thing for them is always, how do I keep their levels of stress? Because we know from studies and research that the levels of stress that our kids, you know, ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, those levels of stress that your kids are going through and that they experience when they're younger lead to how long their lifespan is. And I want my kids to live for as long as possible. I do not want them to have levels of stress to where they are dying early or having heart attacks at 30 and 40 years old because of the level of stress that they are carrying. So for me, it really truthfully is an eye-opener of, oh, maybe I need to, we need to, me and my husband are to have to sit down and have this conversation of, bruh.
0: Now, in Oman, like, how are your living expenses? Because I don't know that much about quality of life. I know it's a Muslim country, but how, how are your living expenses? It's pretty good. Like, I'll say, for example, looking at my apartment, I am staying in a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment and you know, and, and when you're teaching, like you, you either can choose, well, depending on the agency, so you can choose the option to have the apartment, or mm-hmm. you can choose the option just to take the stipend, the monthly stipend. Okay. So a lot of people they choose the stipend. For me, I like the convenience. So it's like my apartment. I came here it was fully furnished. Like I just moved right in, and I've been here five years. <laughs> it's like uh, easy peasy, across the road from my college. So like oh. I took the yeah exactly. So my apartment. It's about 700, 750 USD a month. Two bedroom, two bath, massive. Like, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> add, add another one to that, okay? <laughs> That's easy, 1750, 2000. Yes yes exactly yeah. it's, it's funny because we were having a conversation about that in one on social media recently and i was just like it's comparable to the safety
1: and where things. are you having these conversations online too so let's talk a little bit about that i have a travel group on facebook sometimes people post
0: questions in there so people just know and they're just asking you questions yeah because people are curious i can
1: i can imagine girl wow. you could turn that into a group coaching call charge ten dollars or something for it. Like-
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> she she basically saying you don't need no money
1: you need to monetize. No, I'm saying you need to monetize it. Like, if all these. You don't. Are coming, you don't
0: need the kind of money we need over
1: here. So that's very true. That's very true. However, if we're talking about generational wealth,
0: right, girl, looking up this vision board over here, I was like, I'm trying to retire early. I <laughs> need several streams of income. I was like, so I got I was like, what else? I was like, monetization. I'm all about that. <laughs> so, do you ever plan on coming back? I'm going to be honest. I don't see it for myself. I mean, the, the thing about it is funny, like, as much as I miss my family and my friends, I don't miss living in the U.S. Wow. Like, I'm grateful I can come home, I can see the people that I need to see and visit, you know, if I get this generational wealth, I can, I can, I can afford to come back whenever I want. You know, like, that, that's my, my end game is just like, you know, I want to retire abroad. Like, that's, that's really my plan, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I'll come back to the States to visit (laughs) you know and if and if there was a reason like let's say my mom needed me like if there was a reason i had to come back to the states i would do it but my vision my game plan is to retire abroad i love this lifestyle
1: wow that is amazing
0: would you recommend that other black women leave america oh absolutely (laughs) I, i highly recommend that black women you know we're 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 not fearful at all, but the average black woman we don't have fear, right so like me living abroad and having this experience like that has like gone multiplied tenfold you know the, like looking at different opportunities and, and trying to grow my business and my, my blog and my website and things like that like I highly recommend having this opportunity to to travel live abroad and learn a lot about yourself learn okay. And, and, like, how's your social life and your dating life? Ooh, girl. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know you're in a Muslim country, so... Yeah, that's a whole other ballgame right there. It's, it's been a challenge. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say I haven't dated. Like, I have dated. I don't advise dating locals because, like you said, it's a Muslim country. For me, I've dated primarily other expats you know <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so funny as I came back to my apartment like where I live like a hotel apartment right so the lobby you know coming back from Muscat before this interview and like sitting in my lobby was like several like soccer players they were just sitting in the lobby and I'm like hey now oh what's happening and so I'm walking up and they like two of the guys they like I was talking to the guy at the front desk and they introduced themselves to me and I was just like what is my life? Like, how does this happen? You know, like, that, that's not an average day, but today it just happened. So I was like, something's in the universe. But, um, you know, there, there's opportunities out there. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say I mean, that. do you want to get married and have children and do all of that? Actually, I'm, I'm a very non-traditional person. And I think for me, that's a reason why this lifestyle has been probably easier for me. Mm-hmm. I have never been like a white picket fence. I can't wait to have two. I don't have any kids. So I've never been married. And that has never been, like, my my goal in <laughs> life. Uh-huh. I was, like, I'm at the point now where I'm, like, if it happens, it happens as far mm-hmm. as being married. I, I don't want to have kids, so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, and truth be told, like, that has been a barrier in dating for me, because some people want kids, and I'm like, okay, red flag, we're, we're not, yeah, you, not to a shoot, so, country. you know, but I, you know, I deal with that being abroad, and I deal with that being in the States, like, that was always an issue. Yeah, you know? that's true. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, but I, I, my views have changed, like, I'm like, okay, if I meet someone who just knocks my socks off, I'm open to being married. Okay. And that, I didn't this, feel that way to pass. But yeah, the kids think that's not negotiable. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> wow. Interesting. I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> well, I do have um, one more question. What are some steps that um, someone should take, a woman should take if she's looking to leave America? What would you suggest?
0: Step one is definitely research, research, research. Like you know, joining different communities online, asking questions, and mm-hmm. using social media to your advantage. Like, like I said, my travel group, I love to go travel. People ask questions there. There's tons of communities online, reading books. You know, but but research is the key. Like in, online, or via books. That's the biggest thing. But then after that, once you choose a place, you know, start applying and networking with people in that particular location, and. um, you yeah, know, writing down your game plan, like making sure if you decide to leave, when, when you do decide to leave the country that you have your, your steps in place, you're thinking about how you going to still pay bills back home, if you still got a mortgage or whatever you're dealing with, like just, just writing everything down, having your game plan ready because, you know, pre- preparation is key. So what did you do? Because I know you said you had originally had planned to leave for a year. So did you like get rid of, were you in a house, apartment? Did you get rid of everything, sell everything? Like what did, what did you do? Oh girl. Yeah, that <laughs> looking back on it, it was crazy. Like, I thought was, I had a condo in Chicago when I left. Yeah, and and that was the thing. It was like, I came to the point where I'm not working. It was like, okay, I got to still pay a mortgage. So I had someone move in to the place, and that, that fell through. <laughs> you know, that person ended up losing their job. So that was a whole nother ball game of things to deal with. But like, when I left, I had to put things in storage. One summer, I went back. And I literally had to like pack up all the stuff in storage, sell it or donate it. or And, and it was freeing. It was so freeing because some of that stuff I'm looking at, like, I'm not going to ever wear this again. Like, why are you holding on to these things? It was so freeing to like close my storage unit. And it's a good thing I did because here it is a decade later. Could you imagine me paying <laughs> on that for 10 years? But yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, I had a place and that fell through. And that was a whole nother gamut of things to deal with. But, you know, such is life. <laughs> you know wow I love it I love it
1: I love it so if last question here if someone is looking at uh, wanting to teach abroad what would you tell them to do first and where should they start
0: depending on that person's experience like for me I didn't have any teaching experience before moving abroad so if they're in the same boat as me like that's why I wrote the book, you know, A Guide to the English Teaching Job Abroad. Like, you know, finding resources like that, interviewing people, trying to do as much research as you can, looking at the qualifications that you may need or what type of TEFL program or a TESOL program you can look into. Like, that's really the the, the base, the, the main starting point for being able to teach English abroad is having that type of certificate and comparing programs. But really, like, research and networking are, are the keys to to really get into this lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you and of course, download the book.
0: Um, yeah, they can find me, my, my travel site and blog. It's called I Love the Globetrot and it's I-L-U-V, the number two in Globetrot. And so they can follow on Facebook and on Instagram and also have the travel group by the same name on Facebook, I Love the Globetrot. And then the book is available on Amazon.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us and sharing your story with us, Nicole. If you guys are listening and you have left America or you're thinking about leaving America, <laughs> if you have questions, feel free to visit our website at blackwomenleaveamerica.com. We definitely want to hear your story if you've left America. But if you have any questions, need to connect with any guests, buy merchandise because we also have shirts as well as (laughs) mugs all that good stuff and uh learn more about leaving america's ava laura will have a retreat coming up really soon so you definitely want to make sure that you're getting on our newsletter list you're joining our uh, facebook group all that good stuff and stay in contact with us subscribe to the podcast share the podcast thank you so much for listening and we are out black women leave america Peace.
0: Sometimes you have to leave in order to find yourself. This is Black Women Leave America podcast. Visit us online at blackwomenleaveamerica.com. Subscribe, sponsor, share our podcast, and don't forget to buy our merch at blackwomenleaveamerica.com.